Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. If my people will get excited about my Word like they once were, if they'll get excited once again about my word and get their eyes off of their circumstances and back onto my word, he said, I will move by the power of my right hand. I'll demonstrate signs and wonders among my people and they will possess their promised land. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. It just rose up on the inside of me. I've been shouting ever since. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Those words floated up on the inside. Thank God for connection with heaven. Can you say amen to that? God is good. And He meant it too. I know He means it. Praise God. Glory be to God. I'll tell you what. Let's find a place to start here somewhere. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. If you can find that, I've got a whole lot of Scripture. And you remember, you're excited about the Word of God tonight. Amen. If you're excited about the Word of God, you're going to get into the Word of God. I hope you've got a place to write some notes down. If not, write in your Bible. If not, get a new Bible and then write in it. Amen. Hallelujah. Because God's Word is alive. It's a living thing. It's an energizing force. Amen. Amen. It's sharper, more powerful than, than, than any two-edged sword. He upholds all things by the Word of His power. Sustains, maintains all things by the Word of His power. Doesn't He? Amen. Well, thank God we should be excited about the Word of the living God. Hallelujah. We're, we find in the Scriptures in Romans chapter 1, verse 17, that the just live by what? Faith. By faith. The just live by faith. The just are those that have been washed in the blood. Those that are born again, blood-washed people. They are the just. They are the redeemed of the Lord. And they are to live by what? By faith. Thank God that we can live by faith. Why? Because God has given us a means whereby to obtain faith. It's right here in the Word of God. The Bible says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And if we'll hear it today, we'll have faith today. If we'll hear it tomorrow, we'll have faith tomorrow. And the next day, we'll have faith the next day. For faith cometh by hearing and 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 hearing what God said. Every day we hear what the devil says. Every day we hear what the doctors say, the news says, the radio broadcast and the television report. We see what the newspaper says and all that. But thank God, as we'll listen to what God said, we'll have faith in God. Our confidence will be in Him and not in the economy. Our confidence will be in Him and not in any any physical, medical science or anything like that. Our faith will be in a living God, and He'll be able to set us free in every area of life. If we'll just believe, because all things are possible to him that doubteth. Amen. I knew I'd get peed on that one. All things are possible to him that what? Believe it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory be to God. All things. Everybody say it to me. All things, all things. Are, possible are possible unto him unto that believeth. That's what faith is all about. What do you believe in? I believe in God. Is our confidence in God? Beloved, you can be born again, yet you can be defeated in life. You can be born again, yet not be set free and be in bondage. But thank God, God says you can be born again, you can be spirit-filled, you can be set free, you can walk in the victory, you can be an overcomer, more than a conqueror, if you'll just find the knowledge of the truth. And I believe that that's what God is saying to the body of Christ right now. So many are going off on different tangents, going in all kinds of directions. But God is saying, come back to my word. Get excited about my word. Put my word inside you on a day-by-day basis. Get that word inside you until it floods your spirit. And it oozes out of you and comes to the outside. And it's a real thing, a living thing in your life. And you'll see demonstrations of God's mighty power. Why? Because the word is the foundation for your faith. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, and verse 8, we are told, For by grace are you saved through what? See, we can be born again through faith. And that's the only way. For by grace are you saved through faith, in that not of yourself. It's the gift of God, not of works, as any man should boast. But God doesn't want us to stop there, because, you see, this gospel is the power of God. The righteousness of God is revealed in it from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. So if you've been born again, that means you had faith to get saved. For by grace are you saved through faith. Well, faith doesn't stop there. Just because I've been born again, so many think, well, I have faith in God now. But faith does not stop there. If you're not spirit-filled with the evidence of speaking with other tongues, you know what? You can be. And if you're not, it's a problem of faith. 
Sometimes many don't have the knowledge. They lack knowledge. And of course, they can't have it then. Or some are not persuaded to believe that the experience is for them today. Regardless, it's a problem of faith. Why? Galatians chapter 3. And you'll notice in this scripture in verse 14 that we receive the promise of the Spirit through what? Through faith. Galatians 3.14 That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through good works. Church attendance. Traditions of men. No, no. We receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. How does faith come? By hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. I don't believe that's for us today, brother. I know your believing is wrong and that's why you don't get it. Start believing right and you'll get it. All things are possible to him that believeth. One must believe. Believing prayer changes things. And if we want to get changed from just being born again to be born, born again and spirit filled, we've got to have faith. Find out what the Word of God says. We will have faith. We'll receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Put your bookmarker there. If you don't have one, put your finger there. And turn with me to 1 John chapter 5. We're going to get right back to that, Galatians chapter 3. But look at 1 John chapter 5. So you can be born again through faith. You receive the Spirit through faith. Galatians 3.14 says that. But in 1 John chapter 5, one can be born again and not Spirit-filled. One can be born again and Spirit-filled, but then not be an overcomer in this life. He can be defeated. She can be defeated in this realm of life. But God wants us to be overcomers. God wants us to walk as overcomers. God wants us to be more than conquerors in this life. Why? Because He sees it being done that way already. And we can enter into that by only one way. Not by good works, not by church attendance, not by the traditions of men. Not by religious ideas and all that. We can only do it one way. And what is that? The way of? It's the way of faith. First John chapter 5 and verse 5. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Back up to verse 4. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Even our good works. Even our church attendance. Even the traditions of men. No, none of that. None of that will put us over, beloved. Even our opinions and theories and doctrines? No. There's only one thing that makes us overcomers. Born again, spirit-filled, not defeated, but overcomers. And that is, this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Thank God there's faith to overcome the world. One must have the, the knowledge of God to obtain faith to get saved. Once he gets that, he must have the knowledge of God to get spirit-filled. Once he gets that, he can have the knowledge of God to act and live as a world overcomer in this life. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, not let the defeated of the Lord say so. We are redeemed. We are more than conquerors. Why? Because God said so. We enter into that by what? By faith. No other way. But you don't know, brother, I've been going to church all these years now. It's just not that way. We live in a valley most of the time. I know, because it's by faith that you overcome. It's not by going to church for 70 years. It's by faith that we overcome. Amen. When will we get that into our hearts? It's not by doing all these things. It's by what do you believe in your heart? What do you say with your mouth? And we'll get to that in a minute. But look at the next one. Go on back to Galatians chapter 3. What about miracles? You know why people think miracles are not for today? Because they don't have faith in miracles any longer. Beloved, if we want to have miracles wrought among us, if we want to have signs and wonders perform in our midst, if we want to see God's power and might exploding within our midst, explosions of almightiness doing signs and wonders, I'll tell you what, you've got to have faith in God. That's the only way it's going to happen. Look at Galatians chapter 3. And notice verse 5. He therefore that ministered to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Miracles were wrought by the hearing of faith. I can prove it. Go to the Faith Hall of Fame. It's found in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, right on to the end. It talks about those who were of faith. How miracle, miracles were wrought. How signs and wonders were demonstrated all as a result of faith. They had faith to believe God for the impossible. Amen. They believed that with their God all things were possible. Whether it was fire, the mouths of lions, they were shut. It didn't matter what it was. They believed their God was able and willing to perform and to meet their need. And because they believed that, miracles were wrought by the hand of God. Not by the works of the law. Not one miracle ever took place by the works of the law. But by the hearing of faith. Oh, can you see the importance of this faith light? I've been accused. You preach faith too much. 
Oh, my goodness. But what say that the word is not eating in the mouth and the word of faith that we preach? Let me back up again. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, the word of faith that we preach. Well, you know what? So did Paul. Because he said that. He preached the word of faith. This book was designed to get faith in your heart and my heart so we could believe God for big things. First, to get saved. Second, to get spirit filled. Third, word overcomer. Amen. Amen. And miracles. And then you know what? The most important thing about it, you're going to have to turn to it. I know you know the scripture. Hebrews 11, 6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please him, to please God. That's the most important use of our faith. To have faith, to find him, to know him, to please him. Faith, to seek his face diligently. Without faith, you can't please God. Those who come to God must believe that he is. And a reward of them that diligently seek things, no, seek him. You can't find him without faith because he doesn't live in this realm. And if he doesn't live in this realm, no matter what we do in this realm, we can't find him. But faith is not of this realm. Faith takes us into the spirit realm where God is found. And we can believe. And we can know him intimately. Well, if all this is true about faith, and it's important that we understand some things about faith. So write down these scriptures real quick because I've got something I've got to get into. I've got to get into because I'll be shot by myself tonight if I don't. So please, write down these scriptures. Then we must understand that faith is a spiritual law. Romans 3.27 tells us that, that faith is a spiritual law. It is a law, the law of faith. Like the law of gravity, like the, the law of aerodynamics. Those are laws. One law can override the other. But it doesn't nullify. It doesn't take away from it. It's still here. The law of gravity is still here. It works. All you've got to do is just jump off a building and you find out it works. It's always the same. Law of aerodynamics, as long as you get up there in that jet plane and it's, it's going, it's powered by the fuel and all that, thank God for it. You don't want it to, to stop working, do you? Not until you at least hit ground. And then, that, then it can stop working. That's okay. But once it's in operation, it works by law, the law of aerodynamics. It's going to set you up on high and going to fly above the clouds of adversity. You ever, you, ever get, you ever get up up there in a jet, high above the clouds, up there 33,000 feet, when you left the ground? We just did this. And you left the ground, it was raining and, and cloudy and all that. Then you get up there above the clouds and it's sunshine. And you go, hmm, is this what the law of the spirit of life is like? Yeah. See, the clouds on our horizon are down here on this earth, and we rise up above that through faith, which is like the law of aerodynamics, and praise God Almighty, it's fine up here. If we learned to live up there, beloved, it wouldn't be all that doom and gloom down here. That's what the law of the spirit of life is intended to do, not to nullify or to take away and remove it, because that law of sin is still operating in the earth, but to over, override it. So we can get up there and soar like the eagle high above the clouds of adversity. And that's through the law of faith. Well, Mark 11.23 is one of the scriptures that tells us or teaches us about the, the law of faith. Mark 11.23 is the law of faith. There are three scriptures that reveal to us the, the foundational principles of faith. Number one, Mark 11.23. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say this mountain be thy removed and cast into the sea and don't doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says are going to pass, what will he have? Whatsoever he what? Uh, he what? If he believes in his heart, says with his mouth, it will come to pass. That's the law of faith. Say with me, Mark 11, 23, is the law of faith. You see why it's important we have our prayer meeting at 5 o'clock. And I'm excited about that. But you see why it's important to have faith and know about faith? Why? Because believing prayer changes things. Believing prayer changes things. Now listen, what do you mean by that? Mark eleven twenty four is the prayer of faith. Therefore, based on the law of faith, the reason why it's therefore is because of Mark eleven twenty three. The law of faith says this, you believe with your heart, say with your mouth. Therefore, whatever you desire when you pray, believe. Believing prayer changes things. One thing whatever you desire when you pray, believe. And all things whatever you ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. Do you see that? So it's important to believe right because our believing is what makes prayer work. Believing prayer changes things. So that's the law of faith, Mark eleven twenty three, which was given before the prayer of faith, letting us know that the prayer of faith is designed to work by the law of faith. So that's why someone says, I've been praying and 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 no result. You know what? Start believing for a moment and you'll get a result. Believe. There comes a time one must believe that what he's praying, he has received, and he will have. Believing prayer will change things. Another scripture that confirms this is found in Romans eight that I just, Romans ten that I just quoted to you, 
8 through 10. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thine heart, the word of faith that we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the lordship of Jesus and believe in thine heart, God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be what? Saved. For with the heart men believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made. Notice this, this law that we can call like the law of aerodynamics. We know that law will take us up above the clouds. Well, this law of faith that works from the heart and mouth will do the same thing for us, spiritually speaking. We can turn our faith loose by believing right in the heart and speaking right with the mouth. It will lift us up above the clouds of adversity where the law of sin and death can be overridden by us. Not that it's not operative. And at work, it is. But we live by a higher law. Remember, Jesus says there are those that want to live by the lower law or the higher life or the lower life. Take your pick. Choose. Choose to live by the higher life. And this is how it works. But now notice the foundational principles. Number one, one must believe with his what? Heart. Number two, he must say it with his what? Mouth. They must hook up in agreement together. Third scripture that will bear this out. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13. Some say, well, this is, this is that new kind of teaching, isn't it? No, this isn't anything new. This has been around for ages. But isn't this part of a, this movement called faith today? No, it's not part of a new movement. Jesus taught this when He was on the earth. Didn't He? 2,000 years ago, Jesus taught this message of faith when He was on the earth. In verse 22 of Mark 11, He said, Have the faith of God, or have the God kind of faith, or have faith in God continually. Any way you want to say it, it's all the same. Have faith in God continually, and this is how it works. Believe in your heart and say with your mouth. What God says is, and it'll happen. God, Jesus taught this years ago. But even before Jesus taught it, God taught it to the patriarchs of old years ago. Even before that. And I'll show that to you. Look at over here in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13. We having the same spirit of faith. Same as who? We have in the same spirit of faith as according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I kept silent. No, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Again, the two foundational principles to the law of faith. One must believe in his heart, one must say with his mouth. I believe and therefore have I spoken. Now, what he was doing was quoting Psalms 116 and verse 10. Go there quickly with me. Psalms 116 and verse 10. I believed, therefore have I spoken. Now, let's back that up. And find out what happened to him because he believed and spoke. I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications. Because he hath inclined his ear unto me, therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. The sorrows of death come unto me, and the pains of hell get hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then called I upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord, and righteous say, our God is merciful. The Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low, and he helped me. Call upon the name of the Lord, thou shalt be saved. That's what he did. Return that I rest on my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with me. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. If we want our soul delivered from death, if we want our eyes delivered from tears, if we want our feet to be kept from falling, then we must walk before the Lord in the land of living and believe and speak. That's what he said I did. That's what I did. I believed God. In the time of my trouble, in the time of my affliction, in the time of my heartache, in the time of the misery, in the time of the sickness and the pain, or whatever it was that came my way, He said, I called upon the name of the Lord, knowing that He's gracious. I believe God, therefore have I spoken. That's what Paul was quoting. I believe God also, and therefore I speak. See, the law of faith worked under the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant too. And that's not just New Testament. Now, beloved... If it worked that way, way back when, and Jesus talked about that law and told his disciples to, to live by it, and if Jesus appeared to the Apostle Paul, who wrote the book of Romans by the Spirit, said, tell the just that they live by faith, and then he went over and told the church at Corinth that also the just live by faith, this faith, believe in your heart, say with your mouth, and in the book of Hebrews, the writer said the same thing in Hebrews chapter 10, that the just shall live by faith, beloved, 
this works because it came from God. I said it came from God. It came from God. It did not come from man. It did not originate with man. It came from God way back when. And I believe you can trace it all the way back to the Garden of Eden. God set this thing in motion called faith because that's where it came from, beloved. And that's what he was saying here. And that's what he's telling you. He's telling all of us that we can change the course of our lives by developing strong faith in God. Are you ready to get excited about the Word of God? Are you ready to get excited about the Word of God right now? You say, what do you mean by getting excited about the Word of God? I'll tell you what, so many are excited about spectacular things and happenings. And they're running here and there and to and fro because they want to see something happen. You know what? Don't miss the supernatural for the spectacular. Don't miss the supernatural for the spectacular. The supernatural is when God works in a person's life. And He does signs and wonders because of the faith and because of the word level that's in that person's heart. So many are, 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 are seeking signs and wonders and all that that they're not doing anything but about developing a strong faith life so that they can see miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. They're running here and there and to and fro to try to see a miracle and they're missing out on all the miracles that God could be doing in their lives if they would just get into the Word of God. I'm telling you that the Word of faith will absolutely revolutionize your entire life, your spiritual life. It will put you over the top, make you more than a conqueror, world overcomer in this life by your faith. And let me share with you what it means to be excited about the Word of God. See, faith must believe the right thing. One believes, but one must believe the right thing because believing prayer changes things. It's believing prayer that's going to get results, beloved. There was a time when my wife could not have children. And I'll be quite frank about it. We just had gotten saved, but for five years we believed this way. We believed that we could not have any more children. We believed that. We concluded the fact that God was gracious, God was good to us. Now, this is before I got saved that we knew this. But then after I got saved, I just carried that line of thinking right over to, right over to my believing life. And so I, I accepted that as fact. I believe that was the will of God. Beloved, you know the Bible says that we're to pray according to the will of God? We're to believe the Word of God, which is the will of God. And so many times we fail to realize that this is the Word of God we've got carrying it around in our hands. All we've got to do is put it in our hearts and our mouths and believe what God said is so and we'll get results. But if we don't do that, then we're going to go about thinking that what we think is right or what we think to be the will of God when it's really not the will of God. So we're walking around thinking that we cannot have any more children. Thank God. I ain't so humble, so religious. I'd say, well, I thank God. I thank God that we have one. And even though we can't have any more, I'm thankful to God that we have the one. And while I'm saying this, turn with me, please, to Psalms 128. You're close by. And one day I was in my mill crane in Youngstown Sheet and Tube Company. I used to work in in the mill there running a crane. And as I was... Parked over there by the bumper, my buddy came over, a friend of mine, you've met him before, Jose Feliciano, he's been here, he's ministered before. And he walked into the crane cab as he parked his cab next to mine, his crane next to mine, he walked to my crane cab, and he said, how are you doing, you know, how's everything today? And I said, fine, all that, and we talked before a little bit, just got to know him at that time. And he said, um, how many children do you have, and uh, you know, what's your wife's name and all that? I told him who my wife was, and I said, we have one daughter. Well, brother, he said, said to me, brother, are you planning on having more children? I said, well, no, actually my wife can't have more children. You know, we resign ourselves to that fact, and, and what we're going to do is adopt. We're looking to adopt, but we're, you know, we, don't really ha- we don't have any more, we can't have any more. And I I guess that's the will of God for our lives, and so we accept it as the will of God. Are you ready for this? Why is it that those that say that this is the will of God for our lives always do something to get out of the will of God? I just told him, if you listen to what I said, I said, God doesn't want us to have any more, it's not his will. So we're going to go adopt. (laughs) Think about that. Think about this one. God doesn't want me to be healed because he's given me the sickness to to, to humble me. But I've got to go to the doctor. Why are you going to the doctor? God doesn't want us to have any more children, so we're going to adopt. Mm, Just like getting out of the will of God, isn't it? Isn't it true? If God doesn't want it, then why are we going to adopt? Well, anyhow, he pointed out that scripture. He says, well, brother, let me just leave you with one scripture. And he had to go because he was being paged. He said, read Psalm 128. Now, I was just newly saved, and I didn't get back to the Psalms. I got saved and started the New Testament reading from Matthew 1. Not, you know, going that. I figured you never know. Jesus might come. Let's get into the New, <laughs> New Testament first. And so I started reading the Psalms, and this was the midnight ship, one of those, you know, wonderful ships that we, we, we work sometimes. And there I was, sitting in that crane cab, and the night shift was always dead. As long as there was production, as long as the mill was going and putting out, all I had to do was just sit there and just look out a window and just watch. And as long as nothing was happening and everything was going smooth, I just sat there. Well, this time there was a different night. 
The mill was running perfectly fine. I got out my Bible, opened it up, and I began to read. You want to see what it means to get excited about the Word of God? Listen. I didn't know about falling under the power. I didn't know about the gifts of the Spirit and operation and manifestations like all that. I was born again Spirit-filled, but I know all that stuff. Look at verse 1. Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord. You want to know what it means to meditate the Word of God? This is what it means. That's me, Lord. I fear you. I fear the Lord. That walketh in His ways. I said, that's me, Lord. I fear you, and I walk in your ways. Thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands. I said, that's me, Lord. Thank God. I'm, I, you know, you've provided a good job, and I've got food on the table. Happy shalt thou be. That's me, Lord. I'm happy. I'm happy. You've made me happy. I've got a wife. I've got a child. You don't even have any more, but I, that's all right. I'm happy. <laughs> have one. That's enough. It shall be well with thee. Doing fine? Feel good? Amen. That's me. I was excited. Can you see? I was, I was peeking on this. I'm excited. That's me. Hallelujah. Next verse. Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house. Thy children like olive plants round about thy table. You talk about a dumb look. I mean, my mouth fell open. I stared at it, and then it hit me. God's people perish for the lack of knowledge. I, I didn't have anybody there to tell me or teach me. I had the Holy Ghost. You know what he said to me? You know what he said. It's not the will of God for you not to have more children. And then I just began to rehearse all the things that I saw happen. My wife was there with tears because she saw all these all those around her getting pregnant and having children. And it hurt her deeply and all that. Yet, oh, yes, we're real humble. God doesn't want... Oh, and it just crushed her and hurt her as those years began to go by. And she couldn't have children and all that. Beloved, as I began to meditate this and rehearse this inside me, I just looked at that scripture and I said, Lord, that's not me. That's not me. Talking about me, the man, and he's talking about his wife, the man's wife. She's my wife. You're talking about me. Your wife shall be as a fruitful vine. I said, that's not true. The doctor said so. You talk about having experience between faith and what man says, beloved. Believe me, we know what it's all about. We're not just preaching off the wall here. I know exactly what it's all about. I said, well, thank God. God, you said right here that my wife is as a fruitful vine. And I'll have children, plural, round about my, my table like all the plants. And so I said, Father God, that's what your will is. Now notice verse 4. Behold, that thus shall the man be blessed that fears God. I said, Father God, I fear you, and I'm not blessed that way. I come up one short. I didn't have somebody trying to school me into faith, beloved. I didn't have someone telling me that all oh, that faith business doesn't work. I didn't have somebody say to me, don't, oh, you can't believe that and start saying things like that. You know, I thank God that I had the will of God revealed to me right there in the Scriptures. I didn't have somebody come along and try to put all kinds of doubt and unbelief inside my head. I just had that Scripture that the brother said, read it for yourself. And as I read it, glory be to God, excitement. When I say get excited about the Word of God, if you want to have a child as bad as we want to have a child, there was excitement rising up. I said, thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. The Lord will bless thee out of Zion. You'll see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Yea, thou shalt see thy children's children and peace upon Israel. I said, Father God, hallelujah, that's for me. That's for me. Because I qualify for all the other. I said, that is for me. You talk about a long shift. It started at 11 o'clock at night. 7 o'clock in the morning could not come fast enough because I was bubbling and boiling over. I was ready to shout and burst and explode and everything else. It rose up inside me. I was so excited I could not contain it in my bones. I took a fastest shower you ever saw. I darted out of the back of the mill, the back way. I didn't care who was in my path or in my way. I took off. I was running. I finally got to the car, drove home, got inside the house. My wife was sound asleep and I just shook her like that and said, Honey, honey, do you know what the Bible says? Do you know what the Word of God does? She's sleeping, and I'm having an all-night experience with God, you know. And she's supposed to wake up real spiritual, right, with a halo about her head and all that. No, no, she just was startled like anyone would be startled, and she thought I was crazy or whatever. I mean, she just, you know, got shocked by what, what was going on. I, what's the matter? What's the matter? I said, honey, the Bible says that you're a fruitful vine, and we can have children. It says it right in the Bible. I just love the simplicity of her faith. You know what she said? I said, do you believe that? She said, well... If the Bible says it, honey, I believe it. I just looked at her. 
And I knew that Jesus said, lay your hands on the sick and they will recover. She had endometriosis bad. I put my hand on her stomach right there. I said, do you believe that? She says, I believe that. I said, Father God, that's what you said. Laid my hand on her. And she was just sitting down on the bed. Laid on my hand on her in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I said, now you are healed and now we have, can't have children. Thank God. Didn't have to wait to see anything, beloved. That was it. Two weeks later, she was pregnant. BJ came along. He was born first. Went to Tulsa, Oklahoma to attend school that, that year. She was pregnant with, with him when we went down there. To trace it back, we found that it was two weeks after we had prayed that she conceived. And she, you know, then nine months later, which was the following 79, that was in March when he was born. We graduated in May. You know, and, and when we came back home, of course, we came over here. And it was the first year that we came to the church here and began to pass the church. And all of a sudden, Jason came along. And then we prayed, oh, Lord, how does this stop? How do you stop? So you better watch out. Sometimes you get some things set in motion. You won't know how to stop it. Well, for over, over all those years, not having to be concerned about how it stops, you know, you're not concerned about it. But if we didn't watch out, I'm going to say, oh, we'd have had our quiver full. But believe me, when Jason came along, our quiver was full. That's what I mean when it talks about getting excited about the Word of God. Excited about the Word of God. We didn't have to have some spectacular manifestation. She didn't fall under the power. There was not a, a flash of lightning in the sky that went by. I just had enough sense to believe God's Word. That God couldn't lie. And I believed my heart said it with my mouth. I said, now you're healed. Didn't have to see it. Didn't even think about it. But when she went back, you know, for her... Being pregnant, had to go to the doctor and all that. Not a trace, not, not, nothing about endometriosis. By the power of God. Beloved, turn back with me to the book of Numbers. Notice what God said. If my people will get their eyes back on my word and off their problems. If my people will give attention to my word and get excited about it. I'll move by the power of my right hand and I'll demonstrate explosions of almightiness. And they'll possess their promised land. Make this an, a, a note in your heart and mind. If you don't have the word of faith and believe in walking in the, the word of faith, believe in your heart and say with your mouth, you're not going to have your promised land. I mean that. We're not going to have our promised land. We'll be blessed limitedly, but we're not going to have our promised land. Because that's the only way one can possess the land of promise. And I'll show that to you. Back to the book of Numbers in chapter 13. Unbelief was the official reason why the Israelites were kept out of the promised land. How many of you know that? If you do not know that, Hebrews chapter 4 teaches us that unbelief was the official reason why the Israelites were kept out of the promised land. I'm going to read that to you, Hebrews chapter 4, from the Amplified Bible, and listen to what it says. Therefore, while the promise of entering in his rest still holds and is offered today, let us be afraid to distrust it, lest any of you should think he has come too late and has come short of reaching it. For indeed, we have the glad tidings of God proclaimed to us just as truly they, the Israelites of old, did when the good news of deliverance from bondage came to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them because it was not mixed with faith in them that heard it. It was not mixed with faith. They had a heart of unbelief, not a heart of faith. And remember how faith works? Heart, mouth, speaking the right thing, saying the right thing, believing the right thing. That's how faith works. And they didn't believe that. They did not align their heart with their mouth. There's an agreement, beloved, that between the heart and mouth. When the heart confession and the mouth confession says the same thing and they both embrace the word of God, you've got faith, creative power and ability for miraculous occurrences to take place. But when we don't recognize that, we can unknowingly, through lack of knowledge, use faith, if you want to call it, it's still faith, against us instead of for us. As long as we kept saying it's not the will of God for us to have children and that sort of thing, and I don't believe that it's God's will and anything else, it was working against us and preventing anything from happening. But the moment we got our heart right by looking at Psalm 128 and our mouth right, praying and faith, believing, things were changed and she became pregnant. That was the miracle working power of God as a direct result of believing right from the heart and saying with the mouth. Believing God. Faith made prayer work. Well, the official reason why the Israelites could not possess their promised land, they saw miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle in the wilderness, but they didn't possess the promised land. Why? Because although they saw miracles, they didn't have faith to believe the Word of God. But did you notice that after that, it was a reversal of that? Once the leadership changed from Moses to Joshua, what happened? 
He told them, you saw my miracles but won't believe my word. He sat Joshua down and said, believe my word and you'll see some miracles. That's how it works for us today. You see the difference? Everybody wants to see a sign and wonder. That's not good. Because you have faith in signs and wonders and no faith in the word of God. You know what? Get the word of God inside you until it just overflows you and spills out of you. It'll result in signs and wonders. And you'll be balanced. You'll be walking right before God. Now over here in Numbers chapter 13 and verse 26. And they went and came. God told them, told Moses to tell them to spy out the land. He came to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation, the children of Israel, and to the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh, and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Now I want you to notice that verse is saying that these people went out, as God told them, to spy out the land of promise. If they saw correctly in the natural, that land should be a land that flows with milk and honey that has certain inhabitants in it. Correct? Put your marker there real quick. We're close by. Exodus 33. Exodus 33. Naturally speaking, in the natural, and when doctors speak, they speak in the natural. When financiers speak, they speak in the natural. And all kinds of other people speak in the natural. And in the natural, things are true according to natural laws and circumstances and situations. But, beloved, there is another truth that's higher than natural truth, and that is supernatural truth or revelation knowledge that comes from God. The faith life, living by faith, is seeing beyond the natural into the spiritual, supernatural realm, and then with faith, believing in the heart, speaking with the mouth, grabbing it, bringing it into this realm of life so it can control our lives and do miracles and signs and wonders. God said in Exodus 33 and verse 1, The Lord said to Moses, Depart and go up thence, thou and the people which thou hast brought out of the land of Egypt, unto the land which I swear unto Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, saying, Unto thy seed will I give it. And I will send an angel before thee. I will drive out the Canaanite, the Amorite, the Hittite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, the Jebusite, unto a land flowing with milk and honey. Now notice this. It's a land that flows with milk and honey, has all the inhabitants. I will drive them out. I'll bring you into that land. Now go back. They sent spies to spy out the land. They went to the land. They saw it. And as they, as they saw it, they came back. And here's what they said. They, verse 27. And they told him and said, We came into the land where thou sent us, us, and surely it flowed with milk and honey. Isn't that what God said? So in the natural, God was right on, wasn't he? Well, that's pretty good. Now notice. And this is the fruit of it. In other words, it's exactly what God said. Exactly the way he pictured it and visioned. He said it's a land full of honey. There's a lot of produce there. There's all kinds of good things there. It's a land to be desired. Just like God said. Nevertheless, underline that circle it's scored. Nevertheless, the people. God told them about the people. There'd be all kind of ice there. This ice, that ice, the other ice. Didn't he? High tides, Jebusites, Amorites, all these ice. They'd all be in the land. Never the people be strong. But God said, I'll send an angel to drive them out. Didn't he say that? Now, they believed because they saw that the land was good, full of milk and honey. But now, there's a nevertheless in there. These men are strong that dwell in the land. And the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. And the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. Now they're beginning to speak. And what they're beginning to speak is from their heart. Because their hearts were sore afraid of what they saw. They saw that the people, the inhabitants of the land, were great and mighty people. Although it was a land full of milk and honey, they saw the people. And now their hearts begin to fear. And they begin to speak out what they see in the natural. Caleb, in verse 30, stilled the people before Moses and said, 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 the law of faith. You believe it from your heart. You say it with your mouth. Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once. Caleb was one of the leaders that went out. He was one that came from the tribe of Judah. And that just means possessor or confessor. Confessor. Praise confessor. He was one that saw it the way God saw it and said from his heart, let us go once and possess it. We are well able to overcome it. 
He was speaking from a heart of faith based on the knowledge that God gave him. He was not looking at the circumstance and allowing it to dictate his heart life. But no sooner he got those words out, the Bible says in verse 41, but the men that went up with him said, we be not able. Now see, he stopped them before their words came out the first time. He stilled the people and stopped them before their doubtful words came out the first time. Notice this truth. Doubt, words and thoughts that are in your mind will die unborn if they're not released through our lips. And they will not destroy you. But if we speak out those words, they will work against us. And they'll overcome us. And so he stopped them and he stilled them before they spoke out words of doubt and unbelief. But then they went ahead anyhow. They said, we're not able to go up against the people. They're stronger than we. They brought up an evil report. An evil report is nothing more than seeing things differently than the way that God sees them. Describing things from the natural and then placing natural things the way we see them and describe them up above what God said. That's an evil report. We better be careful. Even though that doctor gave that report and it was true in the natural, we better be careful as to what we repeat. There are those that will say, I'm not able. And that's what we said. My wife's not able. She's not able to. Do you see that? But I was ignorant. I had lack of knowledge. And I thank God that when I got the knowledge, I acted on it right away. We be not able, they said. They saw it different than the way God said it. They allowed fear to grip their hearts because of the size of the people in the land. So they brought up an evil report of the land that, it, that they searched down to the children of Israel saying, The land through which we have gone up to search it is the land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which came out of the giants. And we are in our own sight. We are in our own sight. We are in our own sight. That's the problem that we have today. We in our own sight. We're as grasshoppers. We're no match for them. We're grasshoppers in their sight. They're much bigger than we are. There's no way we can defend ourselves. There's no way we can overcome them. They were speaking in natural terms, thinking about natural strength, trying to overcome these spiritual battles with physical energies. And beloved, it doesn't work that way. When will we get a hold of the fact that we've got to know the power of God and tap into it by faith and use it to overcome all the things we face in this realm of life? The mountains will come down. The giants will fall, praise God. No matter what stands in our way. Because we believe God and speak it out of our hearts with our mouths in faith believing. Well, this is how the spies saw it. But Caleb stilled the people before they spoke it out and still didn't stop them. They spoke out. That negative or evil report was something that they saw and described different than what God saw and described. Well, beloved, I don't know about you, but I'd rather live my life like a Caleb and a Joshua than all these others. Those 12 spies represent Moses' board members. I don't know if you knew that. Ten of those board members were against the pastor, Pastor Moses. He was the shepherd. And the other two, they're right on. Now, I just say that sometimes because to show the importance of unity within a local body. When you get ten leaders or representatives speaking out negatively and saying negatively, it will affect the hearts of the people within a body. They'll melt. There'll be discouragement. All kinds of different things will be transmitted from one to the next to the next to the next because of words that go out. You get a couple of people that got faith. I'll tell you, they can do their best. In this case, it didn't work out. The minority was right, but they lost out here at this point. But God viewed the whole thing differently. Go on to chapter 14 and you begin to see as they murmured out against those that believed God. Look in verse 8. They once again begin to murmur and complain. You can read 1 through, 14, 1 through 8 for yourself. Up to there, But they murmured, they spoke out evil, they saw it differently. But Joshua was another one that believed God, another leader that went out to believe God. In verse 8, he says, If the Lord delight in us, then He will bring us into this land and give it us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. Now Joshua saw it another way also, truly a land that flows with milk and honey. But now notice, Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land. Notice this. He is speaking out words of faith. He saw the same thing the other ten saw. He saw the same thing Caleb saw. 
But those two decided that no matter what we see with our physical eye, it does not matter. Because God said, we choose to line up with what God said. God said He sent an angel to drive out all the ites. Didn't He? We believe that land belongs to us. God said He'd drive them all out. And look what else He says. So don't rebel against God with your words. Don't fear the people of the land. They're bread for us. I like that. What's He mean? Something to feed on. You want to talk about getting confidence in your faith life? We can feed on this. Just view this as an opportunity to grow in your faith life. What do you mean by that? The Bible teaches us in Romans chapter 5 that tribulation will work experience and experience hope. And hope will make not a shame because the love of God shall have brought in our heart by the Spirit of God that's given to us. What does that mean? Tribulation working against us will in actuality, if we act in faith, work experience with God in our lives. David, when he was facing Goliath, said, The reason why I know I'm going to tear your head off by the power of God, that's my paraphrase, the reason why I know that, he said, because I proved my God. I was back there when I was a young boy. I'm telling you, and I was, I was washing my father's sheep. And I knew my God, I had intimacy of fellowship with Him, I prayed with Him, I talked to Him, I communed with Him under the stars at night. And I was out there with Him, and as one night a bear came by, or a lion came by, and he tried to take one of the sheep from the flock, and I rose up, and I went and I smote Him. And then a bear came along and tried to do the same thing, and I got up, and I smote Him, and the power of God was the one that delivered me out of the hand of the lion of the bear. And you know what? And it's the same God with the same power and the same might that's going to deliver me out of your hand. And you, Goliath, right into my hand, and I will cut your head off. You know what he got? He got what he said. One experienced caused what? Confidence to be built up in his heart. Tribulation works experience and experience hope. Hope making not a shame. I'm going to tell you what. He, Joshua knew that. He said, this bread for us. Man, we're going to eat and get strong. Now, you want to see about what happened. You think faith people are the only ones going to get it today? Let me tell you something. Look at the next verse. But all the congregation bade stone them with stones. You want to know why the faith, faith camp always gets stoned? And they had professional stoners in those days. When they picked up stones, you were dead. They picked up stones to stone these people. Who are these two kooks? Josh is probably only 5'4". I envision him being shorter than me. Caleb, maybe five, six and a half. About my height. You guys got big mouths. Little stature. You know what I like? Look, read that verse. All the congregation bade stone them with stones, and the glory of the Lord appeared. I like when God defends those that defend His Word. In the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. God appeared by His glory and power. And He began to speak out unto the people of God that spoke out in unbelief and fear. And He said a mouthful. Finally, He just said so much that Moses just, just got before Him and asked Him to pardon the people, to forgive their iniquity, and to, and to cleanse them of that guilt or clear their guilt before Him. And in verse 19, He says, Pardon, I beseech thee, the iniquity of this people according to the greatness of thy mercy, and as thou hast forgiven this people from Egypt even until now, forgive them. And the Lord said in verse 20, I have pardoned according to thy word. They're forgiven of their sin, but listen. As truly as I live... All the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all those men which have seen my glory, my miracles, which I did in Egypt in the wilderness, and have tempted me now these ten times, and have not hearkened to my voice, have not listened to my word, have not obeyed my word, have not developed faith in my word, surely they shall not see the land. You're not going to make the promised land by miracles, signs, and wonders. We're going to make the land because we have faith in God's Word, beloved. And when we have faith in God's Word and speak right things, we'll have signs and wonders. But without believing God, God's Word, we're not going to experience the fullness of the blessings of God. And that's why they came up to the land and stopped short of it, could not enter in. But now notice this. Which I swear to their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoke me see it, but my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him. What spirit was that, beloved? We having the same spirit of faith. 
We have another spirit, the spirit of faith. They were all the children of Israel. They all came from the same tribes. They were all of one crowd, so to speak. All under the same covenant. All had a covenant with the same God. But you know what? Thank God for those that rose up with another spirit called the spirit of faith that believed in our heart and said with their mouth that what God says is regardless of the circumstances, regardless of what my eyes see. And they rose up in the power of faith. And God acknowledged that of all the multitudes of people that were there. Can you imagine? He says, but my servant Caleb called him by name, pointed him out. But my servant Caleb had a spirit with him and follow me fully. I'll bring him to the land whereunto he went and, and his, his seed shall possess it. Now the Amalekites and the Canaanites dwell in the, in the valley tomorrow ter, turn you and get by the way to listen. Now notice this. And the Lord said in verse 26, he spake to Moses saying, and Aaron saying, How long will I bear this evil congregation which murmur against me? I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel which they murmur against me saying to them, Make this scripture a part of one that, of those that you remember, commit to memory, put inside your heart, saying to them, As truly as I live, saith the Lord, as ye have spoken in mine ears, so will I do to you. That is frightening. They said, we're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to die. In the woods, we're going to die. Say to them, as you've spoken in my ears... That's Mark eleven twenty three. What you believe in your heart and say with your mouth will come to pass. Your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness and all that were numbered of you according to your whole number from 20 years old and upward. Because they murmured, doubtless, look at verse 30, you shall not come to the land concerning which I swear to make you dwell therein except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. Those were the only two out of that entire company. Beloved, check that out. That we're going to see the full promise because they had another spirit inside them. Well, I want you to turn with me something that absolutely bless your socks off. Do you have your shouting clothes on? Joshua chapter 2. Get ready for this because this is, you're going to go home shouting when you hear this. You might go home repenting too, but I know you'll shout once you get a hold of it. Look at verse 8. This is when Joshua sent men out. They were going into Jericho to view the land. And they met up with Rahab. You remember her? And in verse 8, before they were laid down, she came up unto them upon the roof. And she said unto the men, I know, everyone say I know, that the Lord hath given you the land. Did you hear that? Rahab said, I know that the Lord hath given you land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint or melt away because of you. Wait a minute. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what he did to the two kings of the Amorites. That were on the side of Jordan, Sion and Og, whom he utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, you ready for this? Our hearts did melt, neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. Now listen. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Check this out. They spot out the land, said, we can't enter in because the men are giants and they're too big for us to overcome. They're going to destroy us. You know what the men that were in there saying? You know what they were saying? We concede. We give them the land. We're afraid. We can't fight against the God of Israel. He's too big. He dried up the Red Sea. They, that's how they were. But yet, they, he, they didn't see them spying out the land. They spot out the land. They saw the giants doing, you know, just about doing their business and all that. They already conceded the land. There was nothing to fear. There was nothing to fear. All the Israelites had to do was walk up to the land and say, Here we are. Give it to us. Rahab was saying, What took you so long to get here? What took you so long to get here? We've been waiting for your arrival. Our hearts melted. We had no courage. We were afraid. We gave up. We conceded. No one could fight your God and win. The land is yours. All you do is come and get it. Beloved, 
God gave them the land. It was already provided for them. The place was already prepared for them. All they had to do was walk in and take the land, possess the land. They were afraid because of what they saw. They saw from a distance giants, but they didn't know their hearts were melted, their courage was gone, and they weren't going to fight. You ready for this? The devil has been defeated. The devil has been overcome. He and his bunch and all the powers of darkness have already been taken care of by Jesus. Their defense have departed from them. We have the authority on the earth. The problem with believers is we don't know it. And so as he views our lives and sees that we're afraid, or there's fear of this and fear of that, he uses our lack of knowledge to his own gain and overcomes the people of God. If we only knew he's afraid of us. If we only knew the enemy's already been taken care of and they're afraid of us. Hindsight's so much better than foresight. Oh, he knows he's been defeated. It's time that we know he's defeated. And why do you think he said, the anointing is upon me to preach the good news, the glad tidings to the people. Let them know they're free. Let them know they're free. So when they come up and face opposition, let them know they're free. And the enemy is afraid of them. Can you see that? Are you getting this? Can you see that? Now, in you're in Joshua there, just real quick, go over to Joshua chapter 14 and look at the result. Look at what, what happened to, to this man named Caleb who had another spirit within him. And it'll bear out, it'll prove that faith worked on the Old Testament the same as it does in the New Testament. Out of the heart and with the mouth. And what we say out of our mouths is either a good report or an evil report as it comes from the heart. And will determine whether or not we possess our promised land. In Joshua chapter 14 verse 6. Then the children of Judah came to, to, unto Joshua and Gilgal and Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite. And said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord had said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea. What did he say? To Moses, what did he say? He said, no one's going to make it, Moses. He said, Caleb and Joshua. Because they followed me wholly, had another spirit inside them. Well, Caleb is speaking here and he says, Forty years old was I when Moses, a servant of the Lord, sent me to Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in mine heart. Not in my brain, but in my heart. Not in my head, but in my heart. Not in my intellect, but in my heart. I brought back word. I spoke out the word as it was inside mine heart. I gave it back to them. Now listen to what he says. Nevertheless... Boy, where'd that come from? The others said, nevertheless, didn't they? Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said these forty and five years, even since the Lord spake this word to, to Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the, in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old, and yet I am as strong this day as I was in that day that Moses sent me, as my strength was then, so my strength is now for war, both to go out, to come in. Now, therefore, give me my mountain. Beloved, can you see that? Give me my mountain. The man at 85 years old had the strength. He can run through a troop, leap over a wall. He believed God. He was of another spirit. He believed in his heart, said it with his mouth, and was not giving up his confession of faith. Although 45 years had come and gone, he cashed in on the benefit. He mixed faith with it. Now, in conclusion, I've got to read to you, beloved, from the book of Hebrews. Let me conclude this. Chapter 4 from the Amplified Bible because it will once again verify why so many fail to receive the benefits of the gospel. He started out by saying that the, that the gospel message was preached to them as well as unto us. Us as well as unto them. But it did not benefit or profit them because they didn't mix faith with what they heard. They didn't believe from their heart and say with their mouth. In line with what God said, the way He viewed things, they spoke in line with the way they saw things in the natural. Okay? Now notice again, the latter part, I'm reading from the middle part of verse 2. 
But the message they heard did not benefit them because it was not mixed with faith by those who heard it. Neither were they united in faith with. How many years later was this written? They weren't united in faith with Joshua and Caleb, the ones who heard and did believe. They heard it and believed it in the face of the oppositions. The others heard it but weren't persuaded to act on it because of the opposition. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.